We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Tabernacle of Praise with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God. Okay, we're going to continue with what we're calling the end times drama. And we'll, as we go, this, this series is probably going to go, go a lot longer than I expected because the more I'm studying, the more I'm finding, and the more I'm finding, the more I'm liking, and the more I'm liking, the, you know, that thing. So, so it, uh, who knows how it'll grow at some point. We'll, you know, we'll see how it goes. But uh, there's, there's a lot to understanding end times in Scripture. Uh, if you remember last week, we talked about some different things. One of the things we talked about was uh, dispensations of time. And in order to understand the dispensation we live in and to understand the upcoming dispensation of the thousand-year millennium and to understand all those things, we're going to backtrack some tonight and talk about dispensations and what they've been because uh, it's, it's amazing how God is uh, repetitive in what he does but it's not repetitive boring. It's repetitive exciting because you begin to see things over and over and over again in Scripture, and it helps you to realize something. If, if you see this thing happen with Israel over and over and over, and here's the result, over and over and over, and here's the result, and then we're called the New Testament Israel, then we can see this. We, we can look ahead. If that happened then and it, here's the result, then we can look ahead. Hey, this happens, and the result, we know what the result is already going to be, and that that's something we want to talk about on end times. So let, let's talk about And th- this is intended to be an open forum and discussion. Stop at any time. If we don't get through the whole lesson tonight, we don't get through it. Uh, but stop and talk about, I don't know that dispensations is going to be that big of a thing to talk about, but it may be because something you're going to notice through the dispensations, of, just like you notice in creation, the seven days of creation, the seven days of creation, the six days and the seven day rest, are more than just that. I mean, they they continually mirror themselves all the way through Scripture. And so we'll kind of talk about that. So as we discuss the end times drama, we're just going to look at closely at the, or not real close, but I'm kind of overview each dispensation that's gone through and the one we're in. We're going to kind of overview it. So as I say things, I mean, a lot happened in each dispensation, right? I mean, we could take the first dispensation of creation and innocence and spend weeks and weeks and weeks on it. We're not going to do that. We're just going to kind of overview. So if you think of something, or you have a question, or, you, or something comes to mind, feel free to offer it. That, that's the whole purpose of this. So uh, remember that a dispensation is a period of time which God deals with humanity. And then at the end of that dispensation, there's always a judgment. And the, what God is dealing with is the sin that man uh, and, and his responsibility to his sin. And so the Bible tells us there are actually seven dispensations, shows us there are seven dispensations of time in Scripture for mankind. So we're currently living in the sixth dispensation. So that means that we will end this one in judgment, and then there's one left, and then there's the end of time. So the, the one we, we call the one we live in grace, grace dispensation. Some people call it the church dispensation. It's the same thing. To better understand our dispensation, let's just take a quick look. The first dispensation was the dispensation of innocence, and that's Adam and Eve in the garden. Everything was created for their benefit, everything was created for their purpose, and everything for their use. They had complete dominion over every living thing in creation. The reason we're going to go through these dispensations is that if you pay attention to each dispensation, you will see where God is taking us, and we're headed back to the first dispensation. 
this comes full circle to where New Jerusalem is going back to that first dispensation of time that God had a walk with man, man had a walk with God, and God had, and man had total dominion. The earth is a mirror of heaven. The earth in the beginning, the earth was a mirror of heaven, and what God had and did in heaven, then He put on earth, and He put man here because He wanted to have a companion, someone to love and share His love with, and so He mirrored everything. We just broke the mirror. So what's going to happen is God's going to put the mirror back together through dispensational periods, and at the end, we're going to be back in that place, not Eden, but the New Jerusalem, which will be better than Eden, and the mirror will be fixed. So everything that they had, we will have. Okay, so they, they, they walk with God daily in innocence. They didn't know good from evil, right from wrong. Uh, so the serpent enters the picture and deceives Eve. She eats of the forbidden fruit. So does Adam. So innocence is now lost. The dispensation of innocence is now gone. They acted in disobedience to God. They realized they were naked. They closed themselves in fig leaves, and they hid from God. Here's something you're going to notice about dispensations. When people come to God and then they fall away or walk away from God, each dispensation we're going to talk about shows you how God takes them through time and brings them back to a relationship. It's incredible how God has, has put together things in, in dispensational time. So, as a result, judgment came. Remember dispensation? God deals with people. There's a judgment. Judgment came. Judgment came into their lives. The serpent was cursed. The earth was cursed. Adam and Eve were banished. Adam and Eve were not cursed. He did not curse humanity. Adam and Eve were banished from the garden to fend for themselves. Now they're on their own. Rather than God provide, they're going to have to provide themselves. God will be there, but they're going to. So this, this ended the first dispensation of time called innocence. So next comes the dispensation of conscience. Man's left to rule himself by his own conscience. What was God thinking? That, that's what, you know, we know God's all... But to leave a man to rule his own life by his own conscience, seriously? But you understand, as you look through this, this, this has to do with people. This has to do with nations. You can look at a nation that's godly and gets away from God, and the very steps that we're going to talk about in dispensation of time is what a nation will go through, and they have an opportunity to either come back to God or lose it all. That's with people. That's with nations. So... So this innocent, so the conscious man was uh, to rule himself by his own conscience. So what happens in the conscience? Well, the first thing we see is Cain kills Abel. Right off the bat, a man ruling in his unconscious, his brother kills brother. So Cain is then banished from his family. He's, he's, he had to leave. Seth is born to Adam and Eve. Now, again, I'm going through a, I'm kind of reader's digesting this just so we can make some points here. So as time progressed, the world became evil. So when man is left to gauge his own conscience, when you leave God and you give to your own conscience, what happens? It didn't take very many dispensations till the whole world was on evil. On Every man, all they could think about was evil. All they could think about. Evil intense, evil mind, evil continually. So God's judgment was what? The flood. So God said, okay, I'm going to destroy the, the earth. So he, he, what does he do? He, the flood with Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, Noah's wife, Shem, Ham, and Japheth's wives, the only surviving humans in this judgment. Conscience? Conscience. Man, and again, there's a lot in there. When you read the stories between 
the time of the fall of Adam till the time of the flood. There's a lot. I'm, I'm not going to go through a lot of that uh, because there's a lot that happened in there. But just uh, understand that these things parallel to our lives even today. But, but if we don't understand this, we're not going to understand the dispensation we're in, nor will we understand the next dispensation that's to come. And then the end of time, then what's going to happen? So, so then that dispensation is gone. Now we're at the dispensation of human government. So under human government, you find Noah's sons are dis, they're, they're put out to go. God said, go out and replenish the earth, just like he told Adam and Eve, go out and replenish the earth. So what happens is, that we, we know the story, uh, they don't do that. Their, their families don't do that. They stay in one place. And over time, uh, a, a guy named Nimrod comes around, and he's, you know, you ever heard of that term? Then this guy's a Nimrod. You ever heard that term? Well, to understand it, just look in the scripture. This guy that, you know, they didn't trust God, didn't believe God, we're going to build a tower into heaven, floods again, we'll be above the flood, all of these things are going on. So you see that under human government, as, as, as humans begin to govern themselves, uh, you, you're going to find different things. This is the time that Abraham comes into the picture. So Abraham, the father of the faithful, comes into the picture. He, he, and again, you know, I'm readers digesting it here. So, so, so we get into Abraham's life, and Abraham begins his journey for the land of promise. He's, he's been given a promise. He's been given a promise of land. He begins his journey. Uh, he never made it in his lifetime. Abraham never made it in his lifetime. He made it later, but he didn't make it in his lifetime. Keep, keep that in mind. And as we go into this dispensation, there's some parallels here. So uh, he has a nephew. Nephew's name's Lot. So in this time, during the time of Abraham, the custom was that the patriarch always had first say. Always had the first choice. And so they, so they come to a point in time where it's decision time. And, and instead of Abraham making choice, he allowed Lot to make a choice. Lot made a mistake. What Lot should have done is said, listen, you're the patriarch. You make it, made a mistake. And so what did Lot do? Lot chose the, the well-watered plains of Shinar. And this is where Sodom and Gomorrah grew. Keep in, ti- keep in mind in this time that even after the flood, with only Noah and his wife, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their three wives, now the populace is beginning to grow again. And a lot of times when we read the Bible, we, we, we really miss over things. We think, well, you know, man, that, there was like eight or ten of them, and that was it. Populace had grown. I mean, they're, and so, so what you find, let me go back to Nimrod quick, because this is really important in, in today's world. Because, of, because God saw what they did, were doing, and God said, these, look at these people. They're so unified, they can do anything. Even if they were doing the wrong thing, they're so unified. So what God's telling us is when you're unified, right, wrong, or in between, you get things done. And that's what was happening. So what did God do? Well, he began to mix up the languages. You know, the guy says, throw me a brick, and the other guy's like, excuse me? No, he didn't understand languages. Interestingly, the groups that understand, understand each other got together, and then they, they left this area. Interestingly, there was the group of Shem that understood. They, Shem's descendants understood each other. Ham's descendants understood each other. And Japheth's descendants understood each other. It's interesting how God does things. And so what you find is they disperse among the world at this point, and they all go different places. And so uh, that, that's Bible study within itself. So. Let me stop there. So Abraham, Lot, what does Lot do? Lot first looks toward Sodom, and the next thing you know, Lot's in Sodom. 
So during this time, again, this is human government where, where humans are governing themselves, not by conscience, but by self-law. And so uh, God allows man to govern himself by this man's design law. We, we can't design laws. And, you know, as much as we think we can, if, did you all know every day you, if you drive, you, could, you break the law every day? If you drive in Texas, you break the law every single day. How is that possible? Now, now you're talking about her speeding. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> On the Texas law books, still there from way back, is that if you have a horseless carriage, motorized carriage, you are required to send somebody anywhere from three to 500 feet ahead of you into town and warn everybody because it'll spook the horses. That's a law. It's still on the books here in Texas. So we can't, we can't even govern ourselves with our horse. And, you know, we, the point I'm making is man's designs laws. You can, we can never govern ourselves correctly. We can't even keep up with ourselves. So man acts according to his own will. He does the, the thing that pleases himself, the Scripture says. That's what happens when you govern yourself. When you don't let God govern you, when you govern yourself, you begin to do the things you like. And so, again, this is, this is consistent, and this is what happens. So, that's what, so God becomes angry with the actions that are going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. And so God says, tells Abraham, we know the story. I'm going to take them out. Well, if I can find, if I can find, if I can find, can I just get my nephew? And so what happens? God's judgment falls on these twin cities. He pours, he pours uh, fire upon the cities. The only one to escape. Notice something that's consistent is that there are those that God gives favor and allows them to escape each time. It was Noah. Noah found grace, and Noah escaped the flood not because he was so good. He found grace in the eyes of God. That's why he escaped. And so, look at Lot. Found the only grace he had from God was that Abraham said, "God, I'm you know I'm a, I'm the father of the faithful. That's my nephew." And so, only he and his two daughters made it out. So that that's a judgment on. And again, I'm, I'm going fast here. Yeah, yeah, she made it halfway. Yeah, it's kind of like being a halfway Christian, isn't it? Yeah, gonna be a lot of, there's going to be a lot of salt pillars, it's sad to say, left on pews. Halfways, looking back. Yeah, there's, there are those that said she looked back and saw it and she turned to it. Then there are those that say because looking back, when you look at it, she actually went back. She didn't actually just turn and look, she went back. So there's, there's, there's different thought processes on that. Uh, and so now you see God move, move mankind after this event into a new dispensation. And that dispensation, uh, well, let me back up. Let me, let me I, I, I'm, I'm trying to uh, do it too quick. Abraham has Isaac. Abraham's tested of God about Isaac. We know the story. Isaac has a son. Yeah, I, and his name is changed too? Okay. I need to quit. I need, I need y'all to. So Israel is now destined to become a great nation. God has given a. Uh, his, so Jacob's son Joseph speaks to his family about his dreams. We know that story. He's not well received. Yeah, we're, we're still in that. Yes, promise. We're in promise. I'm sorry. We went out of that dispensation into promise. We went in from human government to promise. 
Did I not say promise? Okay. Human government ended at Sodom and Gomorrah. Okay. So now we're, so I missed that. I'm sorry. So now there's the, there's the dispensation of promise. I just don't want to get bogged down in dispensations. There's a lot in every dispensation. I'm trying to highlight it just so you, you kind of see what, what's consistent in each dispensation. So now we're in the next dispensation, and that's the dispensation of promise. And that's Abraham has Isaac. Isaac has Jacob. Jacob's name is changed to Israel. Jacob has his son Joseph who tells his dreams. Not well received. Matter of fact, he's hated by his brothers, sold into slavery. But he eventually becomes the second in command in all of Egypt. Joseph's family is given land to live on because of Joseph saving Egypt from the famine. So, so they now have this land, land of Goshen. You ever heard that term? People use it. So, so they have this land now given to them. And now a new Pharaoh comes on the scene. A new Pharaoh gets a little nervous because, man, these people went from a small family. Look at these people now. They're in the millions. It tells you something about the Jewish population and how quickly it grows. Because you're just talking a generation later. A lot of people. So they're, so they're enslaved by this new Pharaoh. So this goes on for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, 400 years. Yeah, it's a long time to be enslaved. There were generations that that's all they knew. So Moses comes on the scene. He comes to deliver Israel out of bondage. So they pass through the Red Sea, and, on, and they're on their way to the Promised Land. Because of their unbelief, though, judgment fell on them. They were supposed to go and take the land. They sent the spies. Man, we can't do this. Man, they're giants. We're grasshoppers. And so now they're going to wander. Their judgment, they're going to wander in the desert for 40 years. That generation has to die off. And so this is the judgment on that generation. That generation then, and, and you'll notice we went from two people to eight people to the groups get bigger and bigger as we go through generations because the populace. But God's dealing with mankind a little different each time. And it gets larger and larger, and he, he involves more and more people in the dispensation in the dispensation of judgment. So that dispensation is now complete, the dispensation of human government. A promise, I'm sorry. I'm getting way ahead. Promise is done. I promise. Promises ended in the desert. So now, while in the desert, Moses receives the Ten Commandments. He receives the law. And so this is where you find the commandments on the books, the tabernacle worship. Uh, all of those things happen. And so this begins this new dispensation called law. And law is a big, because now law not only encompasses a family, not only encompasses a group, not only encompasses, but now you're talking about not just the Jewish population, but now under the law, there are those that are outside of the Jewish population that can come and be a part of this thing called the law, this tabernacle worship. There were those under the tabernacle worship that were Gentiles that came in and became a part of this law. They act in obedience to this law. And therefore, when the sacrifice was given for the sins of Israel, their sins were moved ahead as well. So see how the group's growing? It's, you know, we thought the, the first Gentile age was when we came into being, but it wasn't. The first Gentile was, was during the time of the tabernacle plan. So Moses dies. They go into the promised land. Israel grows as a nation. They encounter troubles and problems. 
They have issues among themselves. And this is where under the, the law uh, dispensation that you find the judges in Israel, you find the kings in Israel, and you find the prophets in Israel. Uh, all of those things come about under this time of law. So Israel then is divided into two kingdoms. Not only do you find this, but now that now Israel is not no longer one nation, but now two kingdoms. Uh, the northern kingdom is called Israel. The southern kingdom is Judah. Each had their own king. So there are many prophets enter the scene during uh, uh, this time due to the evil of the, most of the kings. You find prophet after prophet after prophet. They're just in there because you got king after king after king. They just just no good. So then the Old Testament registers 400 years of silence where God just doesn't speak to his people at all. He leaves them to be at the, at the law. So now you find Mary conceived Jesus of the Holy Ghost. We're still under the dispensation of law. Jesus is born in Bethlehem. We're still under the dispensation of law. John the Baptist comes on the scene preaching. We're still under the dispensation of law. He preaches repentance and of a coming Messiah, still under, under the law. Jesus begins his ministry under the dispensation of law. Judgment comes by way of the cross where Jesus took upon himself our sins and the sins of all mankind. And so here's where you see the beginning of the change from law to grace. Keep in mind, none of these happen like chop, chop, chop. Everything happened within years period, time period, time frames. It wasn't that one day you were under the law, the next day you woke up you were under, one day you were under innocence, the next day you woke up you were under, although it happened that way with Adam and Eve. <laughs> they woke up the next day and they were in trouble. But understand, uh, periods of time happen here. So uh, Jesus is buried in a tomb. He rises on the third day, walks among the, the, the city. They're, they're, they're still under the law. They're still under the law. Here is the transgression, the, the, the transformation. You'll find grace and law dispensations overlap here. Jesus overlaps grace over into law. What Jesus does is he fulfills or completes or finishes the law. The law said that they, you know, they, they looked for a the, sin was pushed forward, never forgiven. The Jew was constantly looking for Messiah who would wash those sins away and forgive them and they'd be done. And so this was where law and grace interchanged. When Jesus died on the cross, when he was buried in the tomb, when he rose on the third day, when he ascended, you see the tra the, th this is that transformation period. So the next dispensation we move into is the dispensation we live in. The judgment was the cross. He was the sacrifice. So for the first time, judgment wasn't placed upon man, but placed upon one man. That's, the reason I'm going through this is we're going to talk about these things as we talk about end times because there's a correlation of things that's spoken of by Jesus. There's a correlation of things that's spoken of in Revelation about end times and why do you think there's so many books out there that they keep missing the mark? It's because they take one portion and they want to you know, take that dynamic and say, well, he said this and this is going to, you know, the Bible is complete. It agrees. It all meshes together. It all comes together. And so doing these things will help us understand it. So 
This next dispensation of time, the tra- it transforms itself in the book of Acts. When, when, G- when Jesus told us, his disciples, you know, you're going to receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And so then Jesus ascends. The angels say, what are you all standing here gazing around? You go, do, go do what he said. And when you do, you're going to receive power. So they go back and they wait some 10 days. And so on the day of the Feast of Pentecost, all the Jewish feasts were days. But on, on that great day of the feast, the great day of the feast being the actual day, the feast, the feast day at Pentecost, God's Spirit was poured out. And this was the beginning of what's called the Ecclesia. You know what the Ecclesia is? Ecclesia is the church. The church is, Ecclesia is the called out, Spirit-filled ones. Six, sixth, sixth dispensation is grace. Yeah, yeah. So now we're in the sixth dispensation. We're living in this. So when you look at the book of Acts in the Bible, you're living in that book today. You're living in that book. Everything you find, you find there is the beginning of the church. It's the beginning of grace. Grace has always, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Grace has always been here. God's always given grace. But now grace is poured out to humanity. That's why this dispensation is different than all other dispensations. It's the only dispensation where God's grace is going to be granted this way. It's important to remember this. It's the only dispensation that God's grace is going to be granted this way. There are a lot of people that think, well, if I, don't, if I miss the rapture, the catching away, I'm not, it's not going to take the mark, or I'm not going to do this. This is the only dispensation. Now, understand that the rapture and that end time finishes off the dispensation. Of grace, but you have to understand when grace, what grace is, and when and when the earth is relieved of grace, and that's what we're going to talk about in the next few weeks. It's important to understand in times and what they mean. There's a reason we were given notes, footnotes, uh, log. Given there's a lot given in the Bible about end times and what it means, because end times is a very serious thing. Because to whom much is given is required. And so there's a lot to that verse. Much has been given in grace. Unlike any other time that it will ever exist on this earth, much has been given in grace. So, so in, we're living in this current dispensation. Jesus was the perfect sacrifice, conquer the grave, ascended to heaven. Grace, the dispensation by which people from all nations can have a covenant with God. Before it was the Jews, and then at the tabernacle, there were, there were some Gentiles that were grafted in that were allowed. But now, it doesn't matter who you are. If, and we're going to talk about this. You, you look in Matthew 20, 25, there are parables. One of the parables has to do with the ethne, the, the judgment of the nations. Now, there's a lot, of peop- a lot of people miss the idea. Ethne, the word ethne comes from a, a Hebrew word, uh, Well, I can't think of the word now. It's slipping my mind. But the Hebrew word means what ethne means. Ethne means non-Jewish. And so when, when Jesus is given a parable, he's talking about the judgment of the goats and the sheep. Most people mistake that for being the, the sheep being the Christians and the goats being the non-Christians. And Jesus is not talking about that at all. He's talking about the Jew and the non-Jew. And it makes the parable make sense once you, because you understand the whole dynamic of what he, 
Don't, if you just take the parable out of its place, you can make it say anything. But put the parable in the place of what he's talking, and we're going to go through this, and it'll, it'll help you understand. The, the goats and the, the sheep, it's not talking about the saved and the unsaved. The, it's a whole different dynamic, but it's, it's, it's the ethnic, the ethnic being Gentiles and Jews. We, we, are, we are Jewish because we're grafted in. We, we are the sons of Abraham with the promise of Abraham because we're grafted in. We're the ethne grafted in. But there's going to come a point when the ethne has to be judged for their own works against the Jews, the judgment of the nations. That, that's pretty, it's a pretty serious deal. It's a pretty big deal. But, but it's a reclamation of everything that every person's ever done going all the way back to when Israel became a nation up until the point of the end of time. And the, and the ethne or the, the non-Jew will be judged according to that. So that's something, just something to throw out there, just, just so you, uh, because a lot of people will start reading in Scripture about end times, and you get, if you don't understand some of these things, you're going to get messed up. Somebody have a? Yeah, you got to do it, Darren. Come on, it's got to be on. People need to hear it. Doesn't involve the Jewish people; it's only the Gentiles, right? Right. The judgment of the nations. The, the, uh, yeah. Let's back up a little because Adam and Eve weren't Jewish. Abraham wasn't Jew. Abraham was a Gentile. So how God dealt with people, the Jewish nation came about. When did Israel come about? Who became Israel? Jacob. But then. When all of this took place, God reached back and Abraham became a Jew. Because you have to understand, there's Hebrew and there's Jew. So, and we're going to talk about this too because there's another mix-up people get about uh, end times about Hebrews and Jews. And there's, you know, you're talking about races and religion. And so there, there are end time examples of things that are going to happen with Religion, they're in time examples of things that are going to happen in race and, they're, and then just rule things. They're different, all kinds of different things. And so j- just keep this in mind. So, yes, in the beginning, God selected or had his beginning creation. Then he had a selected man that he saved through a flood. Then he had another selected man that he brought. And so you notice, but the selection grows and the people grow in the selection. Why is that, you think? Anybody? It's a hard one, isn't it? Cover the bases. Include more people. Say again. Well, there's there's a there's a lineage of Jesus that goes through all of this, but in the lineage of Jesus, there are Gentiles. That's not a pure. It's not a pure Jewish, Hebrew. They're Gentiles. We live in the dispensation. In Matthew, he talks about the to the time the Gentiles be fulfilled. So the word fulfilled, when you look in the Greek, is complete, finished, uh, done. So there's going to be a coming time when God has dealt with the Gentiles that that time will be complete and done. It'll be fulfilled, be finished. 
And so I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself on lessons here. So I understand the questions, but I'm getting ahead of myself in lessons. Because cause I don't want to, I probably already am confusing you, but I don't want to confuse you any further. <laughs> so, because when we go through the, each one of these lessons, what we're going to find is how God began to deal with humanity. He, he, he began to deal with Gentiles first. Yeah. It's very interesting. How, how, but then how God reached back. And when, there's a reason for that, but just suffice it to say, please come and we'll, we'll talk about that. It's important to know what we're talking about tonight, and then it'll connect when we talk about these different lessons. You'll see why this is all important about the end times. Because again, uh, who are God's chosen people today? It's the church. Now, there are Jews and Gentiles in the church. But the chosen people of God are the Gentiles, the Jews, all that are in the church, the ecclesia. Yeah, yeah, it could be the one. The original church was all Jews. <laughs> the original church was all Jews, and it grew out. But understand, it's, it's interesting that in the original church, it's God starts with all Jews. But then it grows into Gentiles. You see, can y'all see the flip-flop here? Okay, there's a reason for that. We're going to talk about that in a future lesson. But just understand, there's a reason that God does this because there, there is prophecy that's involved that's been fulfilled. Just so you know, there's no, we're not waiting on any prophecy for Jesus to come. It's done. It's done. It's done. So let, let me finish here and then we'll... So in, in this time of uh, grace... God's covenant with, uh, with, uh, covenants with us, and it's a new covenant. It's not the old covenant that the Jews were living by in the law, but it's the new covenant where He lives in us and abides in us. Never before has God ever done this. He always moved upon people in the old, but today moves within us in this thing called grace age. So the church is born. It's the body of Christ. It's spirit-filled believers called out the chosen, the ecclesia. This is in the, in, in the grace age is when you see the apostles, the church growth. The church goes through the seven stages of life. You find those in Revelation. We currently live in the seventh stage, which is, starts with L, Laodicea which is outlined in the book of Revelation. Uh, during the growth of the church, you find the Gentile kingdoms that came about, which the Bible speaks about the, the Gentile, age of the Gentiles has to be fulfilled. There are those, there's the four major kingdoms. There's the Babylonian kingdom, empire, the Medo-Persian, the Greek, and the Roman. They all had their distinctive places in human history. Those are all part of things that have to happen so that after they're done, which they're already done, comes in time. In the early 20th century, though, the Bible sp talks about a latter-day outpouring, the last day, the latter-day outpouring. In the early 20th century, we find that because the church had gone through a period of time, the church never died. Don't let anybody tell you that during this dark ages and middle ages and all that, the church died. It never died. Did, did it get low in number? Probably so, because there was a lot less people involved in God's church. But it never died. But the resurgence came in, in, in the early part uh, of the uh, 20th century, in the 19, 1890s, 19, 1900s, okay? Uh, this was a resurgence of God's Spirit being poured out 
Okay, so again, I'm, I'm doing the quick. So in this same dispensation is going to be what's called uh, the catching away. In Latin, it's called the rapture. Still in grace dispensation. It's going to take place. We're going to talk about this to a lot to an ex, pretty extreme extent. It's going to take place as the beast and his system and all of this begins to evolve and show itself. I understand something here. Now, this is getting ahead, but we, we need to... This Antichrist beast, this system, all this stuff, we, we will be aware, but it cannot f- come into place until that which will let, will let that, that the church has to be gone. The only way that system and that beast and that Antichrist can come into power and place is for us to be gone. And so how are we gone? What, what is the thing that causes us to be gone? In Latin, it's rapture, but what is that? Catching away, but what is that? The church going out. What is that? Okay. It's the Spirit being drawn. Jesus is coming back. He's coming back in the clouds. So, so how, how do we... F- okay. Okay. So this Latter-day outpouring is pretty important. If that spirit that raised Christ from the dead is going to quicken you to immortality. So the first thing that has to happen to you is that that dead body or this live body, either one, this body has to be quickened into immortality. It has to change. You're not leaving with what you got on. Uh, sorry, but thank God for me. I Thank God. Yeah, I'm not leaving with what I got. I, but... but Nobody leaves, nobody, unless the Spirit of God will be drawn, is what draws us, is what quickens us, but it's what draws us out of this place. That's why it's important for people to understand having the Spirit of God in your life is very, very important. And we're going to discuss, because the end times is full of false doctrine, we're going to discuss some very, we're going to get pretty rude I'm just going to tell you, it's going to get pretty rude, and we're going to discuss some false doctrines that exist in the Christian church. Huh? Yeah, they're not in the Christian church. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we're going to talk about, we're not here to demean anybody we're not we're just going to expose false doctrine that's in the christian church so we won't talk about any catholic doctrine because they're not in the christian church if you don't believe it ask them go tonight get on your are you a part of the christian church and watch the response it'll it will surprise you they're not a part of the christian church they don't claim to be part of the christian church Inside what claims to be part of the Christian church, we have all these denominations. And this is, again, is a sign of the end time because there wasn't anything like this in the beginning. Of, it was just one group. So, so I'll fi- let me finish here. I'm sorry. So in, in this thing called grace, then, then after the rapture of the church com- comes this great tribulation period, seven years of tribulation. God's wrath is going to be poured out on the earth. 
Okay? At the end, there's going to be a judgment. It's going to be a judgment. Satan is cast, bound, cast, tribulation is defeated, Jesus comes, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this. The final dispensation then, the final last dispensation in the Bible, the dispensation, the 1,000-year reign, where Jesus comes with us, you and I, who went out in the rapture, we come back, His kingdom is set up, we rule and reign here on this earth. We're going to discuss this as well, because there's, there's a people are transposing things from tribulation into Tribulation into a thousand-year reign and thousand-year reign into rapture. There's a lot going on there that we, we want to dispel that and just show you in the Scripture what it says. So the thousand-year kids will be 100 years old. They'll still be a kid. People that will live through the entire thousand years. We think that's wild, but you know that, that happened in the beginning. People lived close to a thousand years. Methuselah, 969 years. So it's not it's something new. At the end of the thousand years, in this then Satan is let loose again. And then he will deceive people even after there's been thousand years of peace, thousand years of Jesus, thousand years. He still will deceive people who then will war up against God, and that's the end of it. That's Satan's defeated, cast in the lake of fire with a beast and the Antichrist. The white throne judgment happens, and God's final judgment. He, it takes place and, and for all of those. The white throne judgment, not a place you want to be. Your name's not in the book of life. You're done for. You don't want to be in the white throne judgment. No hope, no help, no you don't want to miss a rapture. We'll talk about that. You don't want to. They're cast in the lake of fire. Earth is consumed, but not destroyed by fire. The earth is consumed, just like the burning bush was consumed, but not destroyed. It was a consume. God's a consuming fire. The earth will be consumed by fire, cleansed, and the new Jerusalem comes. There's a whole speculation: Is this a real city? Is this a spiritual? Just call it the city of Jesus. Best, best way to call it. Whatever He does is what He does. And then we're back to the Garden of Eden. I know I said a lot and moved a lot. And just to understand something about dispensations of time, we're going to pin these all together in these lessons, is that these dispensations of time are going to connect to us why end times, why this is different than any dispensation that God has with mankind. T different than any dispensation. And it's real. Some people scare you, and some people you'll make you jump for joy, and some people make you, yeah, I don't want to hear that. And, because there's, there's a lot going on right before our eyes right now. A lot going on right before our eyes right now. Uh, that Scripture talks about. When it, when it talks about false doctrine, and I'll end with this, because you, you know, I want you to. When it talks about false doctrine, what does that mean? What is a doctrine? What is a doctrine? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there can be. Jesus had doctrines. So, so there are correct doc doctrines is a teaching of a belief, teaching of a belief. There are a lot of doctrines, but Jesus, you know, we are, we are founded, we are based upon the, the, the apostles, the doctrines of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. So there are correct doctrines in Scripture that if we follow these teachings, doctrines are not rules, regulations. That's not doctrines. Doct doctrines are teaching. They're teaching of, 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 you don't even want to say belief system because it's a teach. Our particular doctrine is a teaching of, of Jesus Christ. Anything outside of the teaching of Jesus Christ is a false doctrine.
Right, right. Man's doctrines, man's, yeah. Yeah, you understand that there are a lot of false doctrine going on in the Christian church. There's a lot of false doctrine. And when I say Christian church, you understand what I'm saying, right? We're, we're, we're looping everybody that claims to have, you know, Christianity is there. We're looping them into this because we're, we're not trying to say it's just us and our four and our four no more. We're not trying to say that. What we're trying to say is there's a truth in this scripture. And the scary thing is that the, that the Bible talks about end times, how far outside of the truth people are going to be. A little bit spooky, a little bit scary. It's Halloween. What's considered the judgment event for the uh, grace age? Say again? What is considered the judgment event for the age of grace? Uh, keep in mind that there is a, there's a period of time. It's not a cut off. It begins at the rapture of the church. So then, then there's going to be, yeah, we will, the Bible says we will escape that, we will escape the wrath of God. That's what the, that's what the rapture does. We escape that wrath. But that wrath is then poured out in tribulation. And that's where the judgment comes. Yeah. Yeah. All of the tribulation is the judgment of God. Not just the last three and a half years. It just, it, and that's something else we're going to see. Because it takes the first three and a half to make the last three and a half happen. Otherwise, if the first three and a half doesn't happen the way it happens, then there won't be any point of the latter part of the tribulation. No point. We'll discuss that in a lesson as well. Why? Why? And then there's that, that judgment. And into that judgment, then thousand year reign, new dispensation. Right. Right. When you read the scripture, well, and again, we'll, we'll get into this deeper. Judgment seat of Christ. When all this tribulation business is going on, we're at the judgment seat of Christ, receiving the crowns of reward and. But there's another judgment you don't hear people talking about, and it's called the judgment of the nations. That's one you don't really hear people talking about, and it's critical to understand what it is, because because it has to it has to do with ethnia, yeah, ethne, and and it has to do with the Gentile Jew, and what what ushers in the the, the new period and what takes out. In other words, what where the Gentile nation where, where this cutoff is, where God says I'm done with that. That's that's over. We said a lot, and there's a, listen, we covered thousands of years here tonight, but we're going to slow it down. I just wanted to cover dispensations so that when we're talking, we'll come, we'll come back to the dispensations again, but just so you'll have it in your mind of what, what the deal is. Anybody have any other? The nation of Israel did not exist until Moses let Israel cross the Red Sea. Yeah. God told Abraham, I'm going to take your descendants into Egypt, and there... I will build a mighty nation. Yeah. And I am seeing a spiritual nation being built throughout the crisis that we're in right now. Yeah. Hmm. And they had to cross the Red Sea right. to get there, which right. is... Well, that's that'll leave you thinking right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shemites, which are descendants of Shem, one of the sons of Noah, out of Shem came the Hebrew race and the Arab race. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, but still, f- still fight over. Yes, yes, half brothers. Anybody else? Any? We went over tonight, and I apologize. Won't do that next week. I know some of y'all wanted to see that debate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the last one surely didn't. <laughs> Thank y'all for coming. For more information about Tabernacle of Praise, look us up online at tabernaclepraise.org. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with our Facebook page. We also have a free app that you can use to keep up with events or be notified of bad weather, and you can listen to our sermons directly from the app. Thank you for listening, and have a blessed day.